chat for like four years and I don't think I've ever heard your story, so that's awesome. Um, yeah, my name is Jake and I'm on staff with Crew, been on staff for like four years. Um, nothing compared to the dinosaurs sitting down here. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, tonight, um, tonight we're starting a new series. Uh, as you can see behind me, the series is called Scent. And really, uh, I'm excited about this series because all throughout Scripture, what we get to see is God's heart for the world. You know, we see that He desires people all around the world to know Him and that He uses us in order to do that. Uh, and so, you know, you might be thinking, we talk about this a lot. And maybe if you're here you call yourself a follower of Jesus, this isn't anything entirely new to you, the idea of being sent, the idea of living life on a mission. And there's probably a part of you that gets really excited about hearing this, gets excited about hearing us talk about reaching the world with the gospel. But if you're honest with yourselves, there's probably also a part of you like there is in me that wants to shy away from this calling or treat it as uh, maybe something we'll get to later on down the road. You know, a lot of times, um, I think maybe we assume that someone else will do it. It's not our job. Someone else has got it. Or maybe you found yourself saying, well, you know, I just don't feel like I'm called to go. I don't feel like that's my gifting. I don't feel like I'm able to share the gospel. Whatever it may be, there's things that make us shy away from this idea of living life on a mission. And so what I want to do is I want you guys to turn just to the people next to you and answer this question. Uh, assuming you are you know, a follower of Jesus, what have you found in your life that holds you back from following him, living life on mission? So talk to the people next to you, and then I'll bring us back together in just a few seconds, so you don't have long. All right, sorry to interrupt, but let me hear, uh, and I'm going to have you guys just shout out, you know, a few things. What are some of the things that you guys talked about that hold you back from living life on, on mission? Fear, schoolwork, school busy life, what? Did you say natural selection? Rejection. Rejection. Yeah. Right on. Okay. All those are real. Well, so, you know, I think we probably face some pretty unique challenges uh, in, in 2022 uh, that people haven't faced generations, you know, prior to us. But I think, you know, my hope is that tonight what we'll see is that, one, God has always called his people to go on mission. And two, uh, there have always been challenges that people have had to 
overcome and go through to go on mission. Um, and so, before we jump in, I will pray, and then we'll get started. Father, we thank you for this evening, and we thank you just for the opportunity to come together. Thank you for the opportunity to open your word, and God, tonight we just pray that you would do a work in us, and we pray that you would open our eyes uh, to see uh, that you, you call us to go. And I pray that you give us ears to hear uh, from you tonight, God. Um, we love you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And so turn with me, if you have your Bibles, to Genesis 12. Um, now we're only, we're hopping in about a fifth of the way through Genesis, but, uh, and this is the first book of the Bible, if you didn't know. Um, but a lot's happened already, only a fifth of the way through. And so uh, where we're hopping in tonight is essentially a new beginning. Um, whether you've read Genesis or not, you've probably heard of this thing called the flood. Uh, so there's, we're coming out of the flood. Um, you would think humanity learned its lesson, but they didn't. Uh, and right before chapter 12, we see humanity try to make a name for themselves and assume the position of God by creating this tower, the Tower of Babel. And God confuses their languages, scatters them across the face of the earth, and that's where we're picking up in Genesis 12, a new beginning. And so starting in verse 1, nice, thanks, you're on it. Now the Lord said to Abram, go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you, and I will make of you a great nation, I will bless you and make your name great, so that you'll be a blessing. And I will bless those who bless you, and him who dishonors you I will curse, and in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So Abram went. As the Lord had told him, and Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he departed from Haran. And Abram took Sarai, his wife, and Lot, his brother's son, and all their possessions that they had gathered, and the people that they had acquired in Haran. And they set out to go to the land of Canaan. And we'll stop there. And so uh, 12 chapters in to the first book of the Bible, and we see God sending his people on mission. And so it's incredible because it's nothing new. Mission wasn't planned 2.0 after Jesus as God's way of bringing the world into relationship with him. It's been the case all along. And so tonight, I just I want to touch on three realities that are, are going to be true for everyone who steps into this calling that God has given us, this calling to live life on mission. And we see it right off the bat. Uh, the first reality is that living life on mission or being sent, it's not always convenient. Now, you might be thinking, well, why, why do we got to start with the, the, the hard one? And it's because, well, that's what I see right in front of me in verse 1. Uh, the Lord said to Abram, go from your country. He's calling Abram to leave his country. You know, he's calling him to uproot himself, to grab his wife and his family, to leave some of his family, and go somewhere that he doesn't know yet. And more than that, we see in the New Testament, you know, it, it, that we see this idea of hardship. 
we see the necessity of suffering far more than we see the notion of comfort, than we see the promise of possessions, than we see the promise of prosperity. And so instead of just talking about this idea of not being convenient, uh, I want to talk about some, some people who are really, they look a lot like you and me. Maybe not physically, um, maybe not the attire, although I've seen some pretty crazy outfits up on Court Street from time to time. Um, but these men, these are the, uh, known as the Cambridge Seven. Maybe you've heard of them, maybe you haven't, but um, and believe it or not, they might not look like it, but uh, they, they had a lot going for them prior to Jesus. Um, each one of them, a British aristocrat. They were all educated in Britain's finest boarding schools. Most of them were coming from some of the finest families of England. They were men who had the path to success just paved out for them. But they said no to all of that. And in 1885, they boarded a boat that was headed to China as missionaries. And the most well-known of the bunch, C.T. Studd, probably because he's got a cool name, um, he had this to say about the sacrifice that he was making. He said, there's some people out there who want to live within the sound of the church or the chapel bell, but I'd rather run a rescue shop within a yard of hell. Cool name, and he's got bars, so that's cool. But what would cause a group of people to do this? Because these people's lives were just radically transformed by the gospel. People like you, people like me, people who are broken, but people that encountered Jesus and they couldn't stand the truth that there were people out there who hadn't heard the good news of Jesus Christ. And what's mind-blowing to me is that if you were to go back in time and ask these men about everything they gave up, they probably wouldn't even view it as a sacrifice at all. So that brings me to reality number two, and that's this. You know, when we're sent, when we live life on mission, truly we will be blessed. And I say that, we see it here. Genesis 12, verse 2, God tells Abram, I'll make you a great nation. I'll bless you. I'll make your name great. Now, I'm not talking Lambos or mansions. Maybe I, Abram probably got his donkey upgraded, but that was probably, I don't know. That might not even be true. Um, you know, I'm not talking about a future job. I'm not talking about success in the eyes of the world. Um, but actually what I'm talking about, the promises that God gives us, at the end of it all, it's going to make all of those things look like a pile of hand-me-down junk. And I mean that. You know, if we really knew what waited at the end for each and every one of us, we would have no problem in foregoing the things that the world tries to flash in front of our face and distract us. Um, Geraldine Taylor, maybe you've heard of her, maybe you haven't, daughter of a famous missionary, Hudson Taylor, she had this to say, and it's on that idea of, um, what, is it really a sacrifice? She said, now I know that such words are wholly true. 
You talk of sacrifice. This is no sacrifice. There is no such word to the Christian. I count it all joy, all joy. After a riot, when our lives had been saved solely by a miracle, we were sitting around bruised and bleeding in the ruins of our home, and in that hour, believe me, heaven itself was open to us, and we tasted then and afterwards a joy so marvelous that I scarcely like to speak about it here as we realized that we had been permitted to suffer and sacrifice on behalf of Jesus. No words can tell you the joy that filled our hearts. We've never known anything like it since, and we wouldn't sell that experience for anything that the world could give us. You know, it's, we talk about taking a step of faith. We talk about walking by faith, and it's faith for a reason. You know, we're foregoing that which is right in front of us for something, better yet, someone who we haven't seen face to face. But I can promise you, to borrow the words of famous missionary Jim Elliott, he's no fool who gives that which he cannot keep to gain that which he cannot lose. And so I, I want to just ask, you know, what are you afraid of giving up in order to more fully live out your life on mission as God has designed you to do. So that brings us to last reality, and that's that, you know, being a sent one, it means being a blessing to other people. Genesis 12, 3, God tells Abram, I will bless those who bless you, and in, all, and in you all families of the earth will be blessed. So guys, your faith, this gift, the gospel, wasn't meant for us and for us only. But from the very beginning, the scope of God's mission has been global. You know, it's a, it's a family endeavor. If, in fact, you're a part of the family of God, you're called to participate in the family business, and that is making him known. Don't buy the lie that it's enough to just believe in God, live a good life, and not make a whole lot of noise. You know, don't believe the lie that faith is supposed to stay private. We don't talk about those things out there. What you do in your own private life, what you think about God, that's great. Don't believe that lie. And I, I know, like, it's scary. Like, that's real. We all have fears. You know, we talked about that. That's what holds us back. But you know what? Like, in my opinion, what's even scarier than that is the thought of family, of close friends, of people that I pass by day in and day out, never, ever hearing the gospel of Jesus Christ because I'm afraid of what they're going to think of me. When I compare what I have to lose versus what someone else has to gain by coming to know Jesus, it's, it's not a comparison at all. And so, I, I just want to close with this. You know, I, I think it could be easy. You know, we talk about missions, and we hear about all these, you know, grand stories and people doing all these amazing things in the name of God, and it can feel discouraging 
maybe defeating. You know, maybe we're thinking, I'm not doing enough. I need to do more. I need to be better. And guys, that's just not true. That's not the gospel. You know, we're called to share the gospel. We're called to take the gospel to the nations. And so we need to constantly remind ourselves that it's not about, I'm not doing enough. I need to clean it up. I need to be better. Because these people that we read about and we hear about, like I said, they're ordinary people, just like you, just like me. Their lives were changed by the gospel of Jesus Christ, and they started walking with him day in and day out. And maybe you're here and, you know, maybe you don't feel guilty, but you don't feel qualified. You think, I got to get my act together before I start to do these things. And that's not true either. Chances are, like, you know, if that's what you're thinking, that's how you're feeling, you're, you're, you're not hearing the gospel. You know, the gospel isn't do more. It's not clean up your act. It's not be better. But it's this, and it's that Jesus has done everything. There's nothing I can add to the cross. There's certainly nothing I can take away. My life's been changed, and I'm available. I'm ready for God to use me. And that's what we see all throughout Scripture. We don't see a bunch of spiritual elite celebrities taking God's message to the world. We see a group of people in desperate need of a Savior. And so, you know, tonight, for application, I I don't have anything specific. I don't have go. I don't have sign up for spring break. I don't have go on summer mission because, you know, I feel like God calls each and every one of us to go, but I think it does look different. It looks different for each and every one of us. And so um, I'm going to close this out in prayer, but I'm going to throw some questions up on the board. And, you know, these are questions for you to think through and maybe try to identify where it is that God might be calling you and how he might be calling you to go. Um, And so I'll throw those up. I'll close this in prayer and invite the band up. Father, thank you again for this evening and uh, for your word and what we see in it. And God, thank you that nothing has really changed on your way of reaching the world. But Father, this side of the cross, we know that it's ultimately through Jesus, it's through your Son uh, that we are to go and tell the world about. So Father, I pray that you would help us realize uh, the, uh, the change that you've brought into each and every one of our lives. Father, I pray that that'd be something we run back to day in and day out, and that that would be our motivation for going to the world, our motivation for going to the campus, motivation to, for talking to family and friends and classmates about Jesus and what he's done for us. And it's in his name we pray. Amen. Thanks to our listeners for tuning into this episode of the 180 Podcast, a production of Crew in Southeast Ohio. If you enjoyed this episode, please give it a like, a share, or leave an encouraging comment, and that will go a long way toward helping others hear about the podcast. The podcast isn't the only thing that we do. Whether you're a student living on campus or if you're still at home studying virtually, we'd encourage you to check us out on social media to hear more about what's going on.
You can follow us on Instagram at crew at OU, or to learn more about who we are and what we do, head over to our website, crew at OU.org. We'd encourage you if you visit the site to complete our involvement form to get more connected to all the things that are happening. Thanks for joining us. We look forward to seeing you next Thursday for another episode of the Morning.